What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but this is our year three wrap-up. This is it, the end of the I year. I know. Insane. Three years. That's crazy. Yeah. And there will be another year after this, and who knows how many. So time is officially a construct. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited for next year, but I'm excited for this episode because I never know what's going on in this episode. Um, <laughs> Gemini is the one who handles the questions. So I just kind of get on and just stare at her through the phone and say, hey, what are we doing? Yeah, I, I like that these only happen like once a year because I like when you're in charge because it's like a beautifully planned, like set up podcast with like concepts and that we and when I run these things, it's sort of like, yeah, I got a list and we'll see what happens. <laughs> so <laughs> let's dive into the list. I have three sort of categories that we have to hit today for our wrap up. And the mm-hmm. first thing that I want to talk about is for us to just have a minute to, I guess, debrief and share what our favorite parts of Witch Space this year was, maybe our least favorite parts of Witch Space this year, and what year three has really meant to Scorpio and Gemini. So I can tell you right now what I didn't like about this year. This is the first year we recorded a podcast and said, this podcast sucks. And we scrapped it, threw it away, never to talk about it again. We're not even going to mention the topic. doesn't matter. But we were just going all over the place. We were talking about different things. And we're like, we're not even staying on topic. This is not even interesting to us. We're not putting it out there. So that kind of made me nervous for future podcasts because I thought, could this happen again? Have we lost our mojo? No, we didn't lose our mojo. We just had a really sucky episode, and that's what happens when you have a sucky episode. Um, My favorite part, I think this was the year, I don't want to speak for you, but I think we've already kind of discussed it, so maybe both of us, but this was definitely the year where I, I felt like I was coming a little bit more into my own. Like I was really reevaluating a lot of the things that I'm like, oh, I know this for sure. I know that for sure. And this year was like, yeah, I don't know that. I'm not too sure about that. So um, I feel like I really felt more confident saying, no, I'm mixing this. No, I am part this, part that. It's okay to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, I don't think that I'd done that before to this scale. So when we were talking... I was able to talk more about practices that I was doing. It was great to interview my cousin, who's such an authority on, you know, Daino practice. So it was nice to be able to include that and to feel that it was right. You know, I don't know that year one or year two, I would have felt comfortable or even suggested, hey, you know who we should have on the podcast? Because I would have felt, no, that's completely separate from witchcraft. So I think for me, the podcast has helped to strengthen my practice, give me another understanding as to who I am as a witch and where my practice can go. And I know maybe people think that we do the podcast because even though we've said we don't have all the answers, but okay, so they know what they're doing. So I'm going to listen. I'm not saying we don't know what we're doing, but I think we're changing. And I think that this podcast, year three was the beginning of maybe a new Gemini and Scorpio. Yeah. Um, that was not there the past two years. And I don't think we would have gotten here 
without the podcast. I think the fact that we talked about it in such a serious way, in a controlled way. And when I say controlled, yes. you know, it's different if you go out with your friends and you're having a conversation because then if you're at a restaurant, the food comes, then you start talking about something else. And then it's not here. We have nothing to distract us, but to really deeply think about what it is we're saying. And, you know, we have to take notes beforehand or write in the books or highlight things. So it's a very controlled space where we have to focus on the topic at hand. And I think that's what's made our practice grow and change and how we're changing as witches. Yeah. And because we're changing, the podcast is changing. And I think all of that is really cool to just watch. I definitely 110% agree with you. I think my favorite thing is very much like the growth. Um, and I, I don't, I very strongly don't mean like the social media growth or like the, like, is it great that people are listening to us and following us? Yes. But like, there's something really satisfying about watching yourself. I don't want to say improve. It's not improvement. It's almost like blossom. Mm, you know, like I'm watching like a flower open because I've, I've done a lot of work. I've done a ton of work personally. And I think a lot of times like when you start as a solitary, you're kind of like, I don't need anybody else. I can do all this by myself. But like, I'm learning things about myself and I'm learning things about my practice and I'm changing things about my practice that I never would have done if we hadn't been in conversation. Right. And that is just lovely. It, it really brings home this idea that community is really important. Um, and I think sometimes... I think sometimes, especially in which spaces, you get caught up in like the presentation of the community, like, oh, we have to fit a certain aesthetic, we have to do certain things. But like, it actually really just is about the relationships that you have with other people and how those relationships make you a better person. And to do that, you have to listen to the other person and the other person has to listen to you. I mean, it, you know, it has to go both ways. And I think yeah. a lot of times in the community, we feel that there are people we listen to, so we listen to them and that's it. And, yeah, you know, I think that, and I don't think it's just us. I think more and more people are going, yeah, I listen to this, but you know what else works for me? And I think that that's, that's a nice thing that's happening within the community and the practice in general. I think it also ties into my least favorite thing, which is such a Gemini least favorite thing. Um, I, this year especially, like year three especially has been a year of really like being critical and sitting back and being like, do the, th are the things that I'm doing really representative of the morals and values that I hold or like the person that I want to be or the things that are important to me. And, um, I, I clearly don't like being wrong. <laughs> so being forced to like confront yourself and be like no some some of the things that you think are like straight up wrong um i hate that it's been really helpful but i hate it yeah i'm never wrong so i don't have that problem no um no i kind of i kind of feel like when i'm wrong i like it when i notice that i'm wrong because when somebody else points out that i'm wrong I may not see it. And then I get mm -hmm. frustrated because I'm like, what am I not seeing? 
So it's really nice when I'm wrong and I see it and I go, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where you can grow. So sometimes when, if you get frustrated because somebody may tell you something, like, it's okay. Like, you have to see it. Other people may see it. Um, that doesn't mean you keep on being wrong if it's hurting somebody. But I'm saying, like, if somebody tells you, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't do it like that. Like, you know, sit with it. But at some point, you're going to see what it is. And that's going to be your opportunity for growth. And I think you should yeah. enjoy that, you know, and I think I do, you know, when I see when I'm wrong and I go, oh, wow, yeah, no, no, I shouldn't even thought that or whatever. Um, it's yeah. a little bit easier. I think it's always harder when someone else tells you because it's like, okay, I don't see it. So how, how, do, how do you fix something if you don't see it, right? When you see when you're wrong, it's just a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. The growth helps to balance out the disliking of being wrong. You yeah. know, like I think if I was, mm -hmm. if I was just wrong and there was no like, resolution i i don't think this year would have been anywhere near as fun but realizing where i might have been wrong in the past and being able to learn and grow and do something about it makes it makes the bad thing a better thing yeah i agree yeah wow that was a deep question people asked i like that you're in no, that one was the me. instagram <laughs> oh that was you because I was like, the Q&As, I like that you're the one that like looks at that stuff because that way I get to just enjoy listening. But, but that is a perfect yeah, a segue question. into the oh, questions okay. that our followers asked. And I just okay. have a handful of them because, you know, I wanted to cover a couple of different things. The mm -hmm. first question I really loved because it is a little bit of a departure from our typical content. Um, what is your favorite books ever that you've ever read? Ever, ever? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, like top three. Just and which they don't books? don't have to be witchy books. Like, any okay. books. The Monster at the End of This Book, which is a Sesame Street book with Grover, who was my favorite monster. I'm serious. In fact, it came out as an app, and it's, you know, he moves. So it's kind of like part cartoon, part book. And I absolutely love that book. And even as an adult, it's going to sound crazy. I will go, oh, the monster at the end of this book. I have like a minute. Let me sit down with it. So, so even though I seem to have like That's the adorable. spooky side, I have a bunch of Grover dolls. He's always been my favorite. But if I think about the book, you know, it's about the title. And that's the first thing he says. He's like, there's a monster at the end of this book. We can't turn the page. So the whole book is about not turning the page. He tries to like tie it down with rope. He tries to put bricks on it. You know, anything to not have you turn the page. And, mm -hmm. you know, you turn the page. And then at the end, he's like, wait a minute. The monster is me. I'm the monster at the end of this book. Oh. You know, cuddly, lovable me. And I think that as an adult, if I look at this book, what it really is, is, well, for children, it's telling you, don't be afraid of what's ahead. Like, trust in yeah. yourself. Like, you've got this. And that feeling doesn't really go away as an adult. So I think every once in a while, and I don't like specifically go, oh, I'm feeling beaten down by life or something, and I have to go for this book. I think sometimes it just happens because it's just like, it gives me a cuddly feeling. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm the monster at the end of this book. It's going to be fine. Everything's okay growing up <laughs> if I have to like move forward I'm gonna say it's a tie between Frankenstein and Dracula would be next that tracks it tracks well 
Frankenstein, you know, she was 19 years old when she came up with this. And it's not a book about a monster. It's a book about the human condition. It's a book about warning man that we may go too far. Yeah. And if you read Genesis and you read uh, Frankenstein, you're going to see where Mary Shelley was kind of adopting things and trying to give us a warning. I think that a warning is a good warning that still applies today about taking technology too far. Even something so dumb as, you know, your phones and people are like, well, you know, they're listening to us. I don't know if they're listening to us, but don't give all your power over to somebody else and don't think that everything we create is a a great thing. Sometimes man messes up. So I love that. And I love Dracula. Because Because Dracula films... Because I'm a vampire. (laughs) Because Dracula films are what I grew up on. I grew up on all the old horror films, watching them with my dad. So any incarnation, whether it's Bela Lugosi, whether it's Christopher Lee, whether it's Frank Langella, like, you know, Gary Oldman. Dracula is Dracula is Dracula. I love him. But then looking at the book, there's so much more there. And you're thinking about a book Mm -hmm. that came out just 10 years after Jack the Ripper committed his last act. And really how, well... You could say a lot of, we even, we even have misogyny now. So a lot of eras have been misogynistic. But something about really the, the fright that people have of women coming into their own. Yeah. Intellectually, sexually. It kind of makes me think of this fear of witches that people have always had, right? These are the women that don't need the men. These are the women that don't need to be told what to do because they kind of, they understand the land and they understand what they're doing. So to me, Dracula, there's so much going on there besides a vampire that I really, truly enjoy. And then if I'm talking about which books, I am talking about um, The Complete Book of Witchcraft by Raymond Buckland. And yeah. you know what I'm going to say next? The Witch's <laughs> Bible Complete by the Farrars. I mean, yep. to me, if, if I had to be stranded with only those books, I could make it for a long time. You know, those are the books that I would need. And even though my practice has changed so much, I feel both of those books, even as my practice has changed, even if I said later on, you know what, I don't need this book, I don't need that, I need those books. Even though I don't follow everything, how Raymond Buckland does it now, I mean, does it in the book, I don't follow that exactly now, I still would want it with me. I still think there's enough basis in there that I could still take from it no matter where I went. So I would say those are my favorite books of all time. And that's hard because I'm telling you, there's a lot of books, but yeah. What about you? Yeah, I was hoping, see, this is the dumb part is I've had these questions. So I like could have, I could have prepared. I could have had a list. Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, And I was hoping that while you were talking, I would be like, yeah, let's, let's figure out what my, no, no. My brain was just like, um, my problem, I guess, with picking a favorite book is that I there's so many different reasons that I would have a favorite, and some of them are good reasons, and some of them are, like, not great reasons. Um, and my favorite changes, like, every year because I don't – there's very few books that I go back and reread. Mm-hmm. So I can sit here and say, like, A Tale of Two Cities is one of my favorite books. It was – foundational to me when I read it it's I really love the the imagery and I I like the way that Dickens describes blah 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 I can say that have I reread A Tale of Two Cities no 
It might suck now. I might read it and be like, this doesn't relate to me at all. So I always feel hesitant to tell people like, these are my favorite books. Um, So I have to think about it in context right now, right as we record this podcast. And you could probably ask me this question every December and I will change my answer every December. But that's where I have to be because I just, I flit around all the time. There's so many different, I read so much. I read so much and I have so many favorite books. Um, So being realistic, if I were to pick my top three favorite books ever. Ever? Why is this so hard? I would See, and I already pick. thought of another one. I thought of another one while you were saying that. And I'm like, oh, I should have mentioned this too. See? So it's like Pride and Prejudice. Anybody asking? It's Pride and Prejudice. Okay. I want to have a whole conversation about that after the podcast. I, Why? Like, I would like, honestly, we could do a whole episode because I would really like to talk about like girls, women who like Jane Austen. And, like, the way that that ties into, like, misogyny and the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that there's, like, just a whole beautiful, like, a really nice discussion that can be had there. But uh, it's not now, obviously, because it's not really mm-hmm. witch space related. Um, but if you guys want to hear us talk about Jane Austen, I mean, let us know. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> okay, just really quickly. She didn't marry. She lived on her own terms. And so did Elizabeth Bennet at a time when women didn't have choices. Yeah. I can't, we can't do this. We can't do this now. <laughs> we can't do it. I have too, nope, I have too many thoughts. We can't do it. So I'm going to just say words. I'm going to just pick the books that come to my head first. First book mm-hmm. that came to my head, The Count of Monte Cristo. That's my husband's favorite book. Loved it when I read it. Um, I really like books that are like illusion heavy that have that kind of like old school dialogue and writing like like my husband's reading Moby Dick right now and he'll read me passages and it's just it sounds so dope like the way that people wrote back in the day was Mm. not realistic at all but it was evocative and I really love that um and I always love a big thick book so of course I liked The Count of Monte Cristo and that works for my second favorite because my second favorite right now would be the entire um, Stormlight Archive series by Brandon Sanderson, which is like right now 4,000 page books. Um, I would go so far as to say a spiritual successor to Dune. It's very much like sci fantasy. I think Brandon Sanderson is a marvelous writer who is able to interweave stories just so impressively. And I mean, like, like long ass books, long ass books, this man writes, and I'm captivated the whole time. Um, I don't think I could name a third book. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's fine. And I don't, I do not have favorite witch books. Um, I, there, I, the only reason I read witch books is because of witch space. And while I think it has been one of the most beneficial things that I have done, um, and I'm grateful that I do it, it's very much one of those things where I read the book and then I, like, do my internalization and then I move on. So, like, I would recommend all of these books. I wouldn't – it's all a, a very weird personal thing. Like, I – they're all my favorite when I read them unless I hate them. Then they're not my favorite. Okay. I have a very complicated relationship with books is what I'm realizing on this podcast. That's what I was going to say. Like, oh, my God, it's just a question. Just like, it's not life or death. It's a big question. It is life or death. You know what? I feel like 
when people ask that, the person who's being asked feels that they're going to be judged, you know? So I have to be careful yes. like what books I say or what I... And the thing is, I just kind of let that go. Like, I know the conflicts that there are with Jane Austen, and I'm still okay. Yeah, I, my problem is that I spent a lot of time as a young person being like, I only read intellectual books. I like read smart people books. And I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, no, I, I read I read lots of shit. I read the fairy porn and I read, you know, the garbage fantasy novels. But I am also a Gemini. And so I, I there's so many different categories of shit that I read and like every single category is great and I love it. So how do I narrow down all of my my babies, all of my like little passions to be like, this is my one favorite. So this is my thing with books, with the exception of the monster at the end of this book. When I think about literature, I think about even which books. And I say this to my students. If you want to know when something happened, you want to know about a war, you want to know about some catastrophe, you want to know about um, some good things that have happened to humanity. Those are history textbooks. That's where you go to history to find out what happened, when it happened, who was in charge of it, who, whatever, right? But then you have literature happening at the same time that these good or bad things are happening in history. Yes. So when you pick up those books, what you're getting, you're getting the hopes, the fears, the dreams, the real deal about a society. What does it feel like to be blank in this society? A woman, a man, a Christian, a whatever. You know, so these people, through their writing, through the metaphors they use, are telling, in a way, future people, hey, this is what it was like. And before people say, yes, but Dracula wasn't real. No, Dracula wasn't real. But we do have to look at what was going on with women back then in England. The right yeah. to vote. People, you know, fearing this would be the downfall of society if women got more power. If religion was left to the backside, people were so interested in science that, you know, maybe the Church of England was not doing very well. And actually, mm -hmm. Stoker was um, Catholic. So it was, there might have been this fear from certain people, we're losing sight of religion. What's going to happen to man if we lose sight of God? Those are real fears. So that's what yeah. I always tell my students when, when you're reading good literature, you're looking at more than just there's a character who did this and did this to who. You're looking at something about that society really intimately from this person's perspective, not saying that that's what everybody felt, but from this person's perspective. And if the book was popular in its day, then he hit on something or she hit on something popular yeah. or that people were thinking about in that day. So I think that's where my love of certain books comes into is that I look at when they were written, I look at what was happening, and then I go, wow, so this author is really trying to say blank. Yeah, Does that make sense? I definitely get that. So, you know, that's kind of how I approach literature, because I, I really do feel that's what it is. You're picking up nonfiction. It's, it's nonfiction, but the feelings, the hopes, the dreams, the fears, they're in there. Which is so funny, because I'm reading, do I'm air quotes reading i'm listening to dune dune is really long <laughs> but um i'm listening to dune right now and you I, I don't know if this is a me thing just because i am englishy and academic 
But you can see in the way Dune is written, like the strings of the narratives and the themes, you can see like Mm. what fears Herbert is writing about, like this whole beautiful discussion of, of ecology on this desert planet is, is both incredibly necessary to the narrative for the, just the story, just the plot, but also this very human fear and this very human worry that, you know, I mean, this is how many years ago that Herbert wrote it, that we're destroying our planet. And what is the way that we bring a planet back to life? And so it's, I love a book where it's almost like you're reading it in two layers. You're reading the plot, but you're also reading very much into the way that it's written and the themes that it's written about. If I was done with Dune, I would say it was one of my favorites, but I'm not done yet, so I don't know. (laughs) All right. I've never read it, so, yeah. I saw the movie first, and then I was like, I have to read it. And, uh... Strong suggestion if you've seen the movie, read the book. Well, listen to the book because, again, it's really long. But definitely recommend that. I was not expecting this question to be as in-depth as it was, but I should have expected it because of who I am as a person. So incredibly me. The next one I love because I feel like it's a callback to season one. Which holidays on the Wheel of the Year do you celebrate and which is your favorite? And Scorpio, has this changed at all for you since season one? Okay, so this year, when we interviewed the director of the Buckland Museum, and he mentioned how Beltane really is the witchiest of of our... um, holidays and it just made me think about it again because I feel like Beltane I don't want to say it was a throwaway but we always knew that it was right it's the opposite it's on the opposite side of the spectrum of the wheel as um Sarawin we know that the veil is very thin we know that things are coming to life during that time right everything's waking up and I've always kind of loved the summer solstice Mm -hmm. to celebrate I think just because it is very warm, usually by the summer solstice, we're so tired of being cooped up in our houses after winter that we cannot wait to get out there, and it's a lot of fun. But I think I am taking another look at Beltane, to be honest with you. Not for mm-hmm. this year. I don't think that I, I did anything amazing this year, but I think that I do want to take another look at it. Sarwin, of course, is always going to be my favorite. It's just kind of like a reset button on everything. Um, I don't, and I don't think it hurts. I know that we talk about, oh, you can't go anywhere because everyone's celebrating Halloween. But it's also what makes it fun to want to celebrate in my way, right? In, in a witch's perspective. Yeah. Simply because, you know, when you think about other holidays like Christmas and everybody gets in the Christmas spirit and, you know, people dress up for it. Well, what helps you get in the Christmas spirit? It's driving by somebody else's house and seeing lights. It is, you know, um, seeing people buying Christmas trees or wearing a Santa hat everywhere. You know, it gets you into that holiday. So I've always loved Yule as well, even though Yule comes before Christmas. But I kind of take all of December as just being Yule. Yeah. So 
I feel that for me, Sarwin has the same feeling as Yule does. It's like everybody's celebrating something, even if it's not the same thing that I'm celebrating, but everyone's getting in the spirit. And it's just for me more, the more people that, the more energy there is, I should say, the more people that I see celebrating something, the more it gets you in the mood to do something of your own as a witch. So I'm going to say Summer Solstice, um, Sarwin and Yule have always been my favorites. Mm-hmm. After after year three, I feel like I honest to God, I'm taking a very deep look into Beltane and I'm I'm kind of feeling like, yeah, I think we're missing something by witches not taking over Beltane just a little bit more. I mean, we'd celebrate it, but I think it needs to be a bigger deal because I think it is a bigger deal. And I, I that was an interesting thing to hear. So that's my take. My take, of course, is I do not celebrate a single one of these holidays, and none of them are my favorite. Um, although I guess, like, Samhain is my favorite because I feel like it's that's when you feel the strongest sense of community in, mm-hmm. like, witchy spaces. Um, but, like, I, yeah, I don't celebrate a single one of these holidays. I still do not remember when they are, despite the fact that the literal entire first season of our podcast was dedicated to teaching me about the Wheel of the Year. Um, you can tell how important they were to me because they fully went right out of my head. You know, the other thing about the summer solstice, winter solstice, all those things, um, I always had a respect for and understood, I would say understood, but I feel like I'm still learning about the indigenous practice of these things. But now that I'm there, I'm kind of meshing them together. Another reason why they're so special to me, because... It's not just a Wiccan practice. I can actually do things that my Mm -hmm. ancestors might have done. And some of the things are the same things. And then that gets kind of really exciting because you're like, this is super cool. Like I am honoring all parts of myself. So, yeah, there's that. I also would like this question to be a yearly question because I do think, I mean, I don't think my stance changes, but I think you have had different relationships with the Wheel of the Year every season. And I would love to keep seeing how that goes you know i'm not going to say that i don't make a big deal well i have to admit this year and i said it on the podcast i missed maban i said it when it (laughs) happened i think it was because school was starting and Mm -hmm. i was all wrapped up in like my lessons and doing this and recording the podcast and uh, doing all this stuff then when i started getting messages from people like happy maban i'm like what are you talking about like i i really was like so lost and Mm -hmm. i felt terrible but then i also laughed because i just said you know what it's all good like it's it's not a big deal i think past me would have had a heart attack having missed something and this year i really thought it was the funniest thing that i had no idea what day i was living in at all you know and it wasn't because something bad was happening i was just like super busy and trying to like just keep everything going and i missed it so but yeah i think i'm leaning into the holidays that or the time of the year where the wheel of the year and my ancestors where they coincide i feel like Mm -hmm. those holidays are bigger for me those holidays are the ones i'm really going to lean into because again I'm celebrating the entirety of me and not just saying this is a Wiccan holiday. And again, I'm not disrespecting yeah. the wheel and I'm not saying I don't do something except for this year where I did absolutely nothing <laughs> from a bond. 
Because I wasn't going to, I was not at that point. By the time I realized what day it was, you know, I'm home. I'm trying to get things done. I'm like, no, I'm not going to run around now. Like that, that just felt, it wasn't genuine. It just wasn't genuine at that point. I I messed up. I forgot. So I just said, I forgot, you know, and left No, I totally get that. And I think that that's the kind of thing where like, the wheel of the year maybe is the kind of thing where when you get started, you pick two holidays and you do them really good. And then you slowly add some more in because that's a lot of, it's a lot of holidays and it's a lot of holidays to have to remember yourself with no one else helping you. Cause it's different. You know, my mother always shoots me a text like, Hey, Easter's coming up. It's like, okay, I don't, I certainly am not going to remember about Easter, but you do. And so even if I don't celebrate it, I know I got a game plan. This is what I'm doing for Easter. Right? Nobody's nobody's texting us being like, what are you doing for Mabon? Are we getting together? Right, exactly. So, you know, and I'll tell you something else. I think if you have some favorite holidays in the wheel of the year and you kind of just want to go, hey, what's up to the other holidays? I think that's fine, yeah. too. Like you want to just light a candle on the holiday that you're like, I'm not feeling this. Yes. I'm not feeling it. No disrespect. Happy Astara, but I'm not feeling it. If that's, I just picked something, right? I don't have yeah. any hard feelings towards Astara, but I'm just saying, if you do, what's wrong with that? Like, follow the wheel as you, okay. And also remember, when we think about Margaret Murray, there were four holidays. Yes. So, not saying that the others were added on, but people found out more information. Hey, so what if you celebrate the ones that really you feel are the most impactful for you in your life and that you are going to enjoy? Because that's the thing that we always talk about as witches. It should be joyful. It's merry meat, not obligation yes. meat, right? So <laughs> merry meat and merry part, and so we merry meet again. It's that, that word merry is said so many times. Let's lean into that. What yeah. makes you merry? You know, what about the wheel of the year makes you so happy? And if someone is like Lunasa, who cares about Lunasa? You do. That's the one you like. Lean into it. Yes. You know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think th- I think it's meant to be enjoyed. I think we should be joyful at every celebration. And if you're not feeling joyful, you can acknowledge it with a nod, with a candle, and move about your business, you know? Yeah. I think that's a great answer. And you know what? Our next question is also asking for some tips. So I think you're right in the right headspace for this. So we got a question that specifically said, you know, I can't wear any religious things to work, but Mm -hmm. pentacles and sigils are really important to me. Did we, which space, have any tips that could help? So if they're important to you, it means they don't have to be seen. So you could wear a a pentagram, necklace, underneath your shirt, sweater, whatever. It's there, closer to your heart. Mm -hmm. So I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, as in my culture, when a baby is born, or if a woman's having a difficult pregnancy, you may give an asabache to protect the mother. You definitely give an asabache to a baby. It's usually a pin. It's worn. It all depends on the parent, where they want to put it. They might put it on the, you know, onesie. Again, not seen by people. It's on the onesie. Some people, if they use cloth diapers, they'll put it on the diaper. You know, you don't want any place where the baby's going to grab it and maybe yank it off. Mm-hmm. But you put it on as protection for the baby. It is super important. I have one. No one has seen it. And I'm not saying because I don't wear onesies. I wear it. 
but I don't wear it where it can be seen because nobody needs to see it. It's super important to me during certain times to wear it. Mm-hmm. It's super important to me to wear, I wear a pentagram every day. It's very tiny. It's on my ear. I don't even know if people see it. I'm trying to think if I wear anything else that is seen. You know, the nice thing about wearing, for me, because I can get away with stuff wearing things, is when I look super goth, it just looks like I'm wearing something super goth. Like nobody's really thinking, you know, she's a witch. They're just like, oh, they're Scorpio (laughs) being goth. They're Scorpio being goth again. (laughs) You know, and I don't get questioned. But if it's important to me, then it's small. And it needs to be, I need to know it's there. I need to feel it. So a necklace, I can even throughout the day, touch it through my clothes and I can feel that it's there. That would be my recommendation. You know, it all depends on how important it is for you to have others see it. And then I would ask, why do others have to see it necessarily? Mm -hmm. If it's a thing where you are upset because people are wearing crucifixes and you can't wear your thing that's a different story. And I don't even know what to tell you with that because every business is going to be different. You know? Right. So I'm not going to give advice on that. But I'm going to say if it's super important to you, definitely wear it. You know, another thing to think about is if you have a ring, a plain ring, or even a ring that's not plain, but the band is wide enough, go to a jeweler and have them inscribe a pentagram there or some sort of sigil on there. Yeah. Uh, and then you wear that every day. You know it's there. Nobody else has to know it's there, but you've got it every day. So I would say there are ways to wear it um, hidden, which here's another thing about wearing things that are hidden. When it's hidden, you know it's there and the power is there. No one is going to try to counteract that power, try to send something to you to kind of test that power. Mm-hmm. You've got it. You're protected. And people may come near you and go, I don't know why I don't want to mess with this person. I don't know what's going on with this person. I just, maybe I'm just going to walk away. You got yourself all shielded up, readied up. You have your power. You're keeping it within you. And that is probably the best thing you could do at work because you don't know. I mean, I don't know where you work, the person who asks this, but, you know, because if you're somebody who meets a lot of clients, right? If you're in the business world, you're meeting a lot of people. Yeah. You know, a lot of different opinions. Whereas if you work in a company where everybody's kind of open, probably doesn't matter as much you know but you know it's i wouldn't want everybody in the world especially if i am out meeting people in a business sense having people i don't know throw me some juju i don't want so yeah that would be my advice um step one i think if it is that important to you and you can't you feel like you can't wear um stuff tattoo yourself homie go get it go get a yat um there are lots of places on your body that are fundamentally invisible in your day-to-day life so go for it um but also i think that that i think that is more probably for pentacles pentagrams i think when you think about sigils sometimes people think that you like need to put the sigil on the thing and you don't have to do that. You can use a sigil on a piece of paper to charge or empower or bless or whatever an article of clothing or a piece of jewelry. Like it doesn't have to be on the thing for it to be empowered by the sigil. And especially if you're using sigils that like you personally create, for a lot of people, they choose to basically try to forget their sigils. So that might be the method you want to use, right? Charge this item and then 
forget the sigil, light the paper, throw it out, whatever, so that the sigil is doing its work without your conscious mind, it's still magic. You're still, you know, you're still doing your practice. You're still repping your practice, but it doesn't have to be this incredibly visible thing. Right. Yeah. But some people like the visual, right? Like knowing yes. they can see it. So I think it's up to everybody to just decide how Absolutely. they, you know, feel comfortable. But that, that would be my, yeah, my recommendations. Oh. Um, the last question I have is actually just, just for me. Oh, no, I can just sit back and relax. Just sit back. This question is, how did Gemini get into Greek polytheism and what are the misconceptions? So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest that you go back and listen to some of our previous episodes. We've done some myth breakdowns. We talk about how we got into witchcraft in like, I think the first episode of season one. So we've definitely discussed this topic. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Um, I just do a little summary. I will, but I'm not going to like, oh, got it. I'm not going super in depth here. I just felt really called to it, um, is really my answer. I, when I was very young, I felt that I had a relationship with the gods that I cannot explain to you. It just, that's a thing that I remember. Um, and so when I started learning about witchcraft, my immediate thought was, okay, I'm going to reach out to these energies that I had worked with before that I felt connected to. Um, and once I once I decided Wicca wasn't for me, which is a personal choice that everybody has to, you know, sit with. A lot of us get into witchcraft through Wicca and not everybody is going to want to stay there. When I decided Wicca wasn't for me, I went through a couple of different options and I really realized the way to honor the gods that I had been working with my whole life, kind of not really understanding, was to try and do that in the most historically... Um, reverent way possible but for a lot of people you know you might grow up feeling you have a connection with athena and choose to worship her in a very wiccan manner or you might choose to worship her in a you know in more of a like chaos witch manner where she's like a a representation of an idea more than like a deity so you know i think finding your practice is very much what resonates with you um I don't, I think there are a lot of misconceptions about Greek polytheism. I think most of those misconceptions come from TikTok at this point. So my answer is just don't get your content from TikTok. Um, I think theoi.com is a really great resource, which is just the myths and like fully cited. Um, I like Hellenion, which is the legal entity, like the legal church of Greek polytheism. But um. One of the things that I realized this year is that shit doesn't matter. Like being correct doesn't really matter. So while there are things that I would never do in my Greek polytheism, I'm not going to yuck somebody's yum. <laughs> like if you like M&Ms, go for it. I hate M&Ms. I'm never going to eat them. But that just means here, you can take mine. Like whatever resonates with you is going to be the right answer. And I think you should try your best to be respectful in whatever you do, but you do you, boo-boo. And that's really where I'm at with the Greek gods and every other god and every witchcraft practice in general. I like him. Yeah. I think last year I would have had a much stronger opinion. Season two, I would have been like, these are the rules and this is how Greek polytheism works. And now I'm just like, I really don't care. 
it really doesn't matter to me anymore. <laughs> no, I think it does matter, but I think what matters has changed. Yes, agreed. So, and I think that's that's the case for both of us, which I feel is an exciting place to jump off into season four. Yes. We have some surprises. Oh, I can't wait. We have some... I'm not going to talk about anything, right? We're just going to have people wait. I So, how do, I, how do we want to tease this? There's some, like, some fundamental changes happening. Like, there is a change that you guys will see every single episode that I'm so excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's also, like, some format changes that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're going to keep doing interviews. That should have been on my favorites. I freaking loved all the interviews oh, yeah. we did this I year. I just love um, talking to I, all these amazing people. Yes. And yeah. I can't wait to have more. I can't wait to just yeah. bring people in touch with all of these different mindsets and practices and ideas. Um, but I do want to say, you know, we're still going to have the new moon, new book, new moon. We're still yes. going to do that. And we're still going to do our thing, the full moon. So we haven't changed that. I don't want people thinking that the whole podcast has changed. But we're doing different things on, on these. Um, well, maybe not for the books, but for the other ones. We're doing different yes. things. And we're very excited about it. We think people are going to like it. Um, and I think I'm going to mention this because not everybody follows us on Instagram. You should follow us on Instagram. Well, you should follow <laughs> us on Instagram. But uh, there is one change, complete change. And that is um, you're not going to hear my little familiar in the background anymore. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with technology. Gemini is not that good. She's good. She's not that <laughs> not good. That good. But um, he's passed on. So 16 and a half amazing years of an amazing little guy. And, um, and that's that. But even in that realm of familiars, do not be surprised if we come back with another episode because there are some interesting things happening in my household. So <laughs> we'll see where the familiar route takes us because um, it, it might be good. It might be time to reevaluate familiars and yeah. and whatnot and what that means so so that might be something we don't know yet that's something we don't know yet but things that are percolating so so that's it so it, it, it's been a good year it's been a sad year it's been a all kinds of it's been a crazy year i think like every year especially a year that we're you know we're living throughout what we're living with um i feel like it's definitely getting better so in that regard yeah. with that but you know it's things that happen. I just wanted people to know because um, we did post it on Instagram and somebody very lovely, a lot of lovely comments. People have been con- contacting me through email and through messages. And one person said they were going to miss listening to him. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you. He definitely was a big part of Witch Space Podcast. He was the third member. Yeah, he needed to that- make himself known. <laughs> yeah, um, the one that made me crazy. But yeah, so you will not hear that. And I would love to give Gemini the credit and say she just knows he's, you know, we're so high tech now. She just takes everything out. But that's not the case. (laughs) I'm not that good. Um, But that's it. I do strongly suggest that our listeners, if you are not currently following us on Instagram, you do that. Because as we do every year, uh, we will be having a Yule surprise. Oh, yeah. And I'm announcing this now. I think this podcast comes out on the 12th. But it definitely comes okay. out before Yule. 
So if you want to participate in the Yule Surprise, you need to be following us on Instagram. I will be doing uh, from the solstice until January 1st a post every day as part of the Yule Surprise. Um, Which means that for, I think, one week, there might not be a sit and spell at the end of the year because it will all be giveaways for you guys. Um, We really want to make sure that we can communicate to you how much we appreciate the platform you give us and give back um, in whatever way we can. And in this case, I have a lot of stuff. I have so much stuff. So get hype. Um, And that's another thing that was great about this year. We got to do the Moon Serpent and Bone Market. And we got to meet so many amazing people who have heard us and they're like, oh my God, like I follow you. And I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. And also just to say about the Instagram thing, I get it because I listen to podcasts and I'm guilty of that. I don't follow them on Instagram. You know, I don't want my Instagram filled with, you know, some stuff. But, you know, what I do is, I mean, we have the Instagram, the Witch Space Instagram. We kind of keep our witchy stuff there, both of us, even though you're the one who runs it. And then we have our own accounts. We don't we don't post a lot. We post like once a day because we don't want to make people crazy. And yes. we do have sit and spell Sundays, which I think are pretty cool. So I definitely think there are benefits to being on there on Instagram with us. But I also understand the other side. That's like, you know what? I listen. Leave me alone. I don't want to be on Instagram. But Right. But yeah. like be on Instagram because I'm giving away a bunch of stuff, including but not limited to tarot decks and books and other stuff. So I need you. I just need you guys. I need you to just... If you want it, be there. <laughs> yeah. If, when Gemini says she's doing a giveaway, she loves to give stuff away. So, yeah, I would be. If I wasn't on Witch Space, I definitely would be on Instagram because I would want to win some of this stuff. And I guess the last thing that I have enjoyed about these three years is my friendship with you. I don't yeah. know that. Oh, gross. We're friends. I know. <laughs> yeah, once a year we get we actually have feelings and this is it. I don't think we would have become such close friends if we didn't have the podcast. I agree. You know, so this I'm terrible really nice. at being friends with people. So having like a set time every week where I'm obligated to talk to you. Yeah, but we talk to each other all the time anyway. Like we're constant. I don't think it's very rare that we go one day without something. Yes. Texting each other about something. But I also like I, I, I'm very self-aware. I do not like to leave the house. I do not like to do things. Yes. So I think having this. We all know that. Everybody on which space is very aware. I like to remind everybody. I think having this is really great. And I think especially like in a witchy context, like having this set time, it it gives you a structure. It gives you um, a context. It gives you a place that's like, here's (laughs) here's our three hours on Sunday. That's like just for doing this one cool thing and it not only makes you better at witchcraft but it brings you closer to the people that you're talking to like i don't i think that that gave us the ability to be better friends or specifically gave me the ability to be a better friend to you is what i'm saying but both of us too probably you know what i just realized when you said a set time on Sunday is is us recording the podcast. Is that like witch church? Yes, you're okay. the witch pope, and I come to witch church to hear you <laughs> give sermon. It's just so weird. Just when you said it that way, I was like, "Ooh, 
we have a witch church going on. Nobody else listens to us because we record on Sundays, but yeah, it's witch yeah. church for us. So, which now that I'm saying that, and I'm going to go off into a different topic. You know, that's why people go to church. That's why people go to temple. That's why people go yes. where they go, right? To listen, to think, to reflect. They don't have to set up candles and everything because, at least in church, it's there, right? You can light a candle and kneel and yeah. pray. So as much as we may say we're such we're so different from organized religion, and we are, but... I think to really get close to what you want to do, you need witch church, which you need a community. I'm not saying yes. you need us. I'm saying you need a community, just people you, you need can us. trust. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you need people you can trust who you can talk yeah. about and feel that you're not going to be judged if you say some really outrageous thing. Because I know I have season one, but <laughs> when you have that space where the other person is yeah. listening, truly listening, then... I can walk away from the conversation listening to something you said and go, hmm, maybe I don't feel that way anymore. And we've said yeah. that on the podcast, too, that sometimes we finish recording and by the time it comes out, I tell Gemini, well, I don't feel like that anymore. Why? Because I've had time to think about what you said. Yeah. You know, and that really resonates with me, because especially when we've been doing this for so long. I think that there's now like a deeper level of trust of I can yes. say this. And when you talk, I know that you're not just whatever saying it because you're angry at what i said or you're trying to change my mind you're just really telling me how you feel about something and that's yeah. something i don't think anybody witch or non-witch really has an opportunity to do with another human being so you know find yourself a gemini to talk to and to organize anything if you're recording because i won't look at the spreadsheet anymore i'm tired of looking at the spreadsheet so <laughs> she literally thought that's we were it. recording a whole different thing <laughs> This yeah, I morning, did. I was like, you ready for the Q&A? And she's like, oh my God, I thought we were doing a book. I'm like, no, that's next year, bud. I was so confused. And I was, I had my notes and I just went, well, this is nice. I'm going to enjoy my coffee and just answer questions. I felt really happy yeah. today. Yeah, that was a great Yule gift. That was my Yule surprise. That's what I got. Surprise. Yeah. Surprise. We're doing something and else. No matter what, even if you don't follow us on Instagram or you don't end up winning anything from the giveaway or whatever, Hopefully, we can be a little bit of a gift to you and just a small bit of sacred space twice a month that allows you to align better with the practice that is, you know, if you're listening to us, probably pretty important to you. Yeah. And we hope that we can also give you the gift of confidence that you are on the right path, that yes. you got this, you are the baddest bitch in town. Learn from others, but don't let people knock you down because you got this. No matter what stage you're in, no matter how you feel about yourself, right? Even if you consider yourself a quote-unquote baby witch, you're still a witch. Notice that witch is still in the title. Yeah. So don't let somebody else tell you you're just a baby witch because you're a witch. That's it. Thank you so much just for being the most wonderful audience. Thank you for reaching out to us via email, via Instagram. Keep doing it. We love you so much. We love hearing from you. We love getting your input on episodes and getting your requests for further episodes. It really makes what we do worthwhile um, and makes it more than just Scorpio and I going to witch church for three hours, but also building 
a sense of community, I think, for people who maybe haven't always felt that in the witch community. Um, I'm feeling real nostalgic in December. Just yeah. Feeling really, I like all of you so much. I just want to give you all a big <laughs> hug. <laughs> Thank you, of course, to Sean McShane for our intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. <laughs> <laughs>